Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 but we are uh, doing, let me tell you, episode 29, a lot of stuff went down in the news this week, so we're going to just jump right in um, and get to it. Uh, first things first, we got to talk about President Trump's decision to uh, pull back troops out of Afghanistan, out of that area, um, leaving Turkey basically in charge to do whatever it is that Turkey's going to do. And... We all know and knew and everybody was prepared for what Turkey was going to do except for the, the Kurdish Christians that are suffering right now because of the attacks that are happening, leaving them completely defenseless. So we're seeing a lot of this. We're seeing a lot of people tweeting, asking Donald Trump to reverse his decision to continue to maintain a presence there in the, the Middle East, uh, at least in that area of the Middle East, to uh, maintain a uh, amount of protection for the Kurdish Christians, well, the Kurdish people, but essentially Kurdish Christians. We're already seeing uh, where mainly Christian cities are being uh, targeted. Um, I believe it, Nagme Abedini, um, well, Nagme Panihi, uh, no longer Abedini, sorry, not me, um, posted, uh, has been posting videos all day of things that are going on. Uh, a video of a woman who was dragged from her car, um, beaten, uh, brutalized, stoned to death. Um, and I believe if I, if I'm my, uh, if I'm correct, she was a Christian woman and this is why. So we're already seeing the issues that are coming up in that area. I talked about this on the fifth seal, the other on Wednesday, um, Thursday morning. So we really, again, I'm going to be asking for prayer. Usually this is something that I would do. Well, I've asked for prayer in, in this uh, podcast as well. Everything I'm doing is, is from a Christian worldview, but we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters that are over there in, um, in the air, this area of Syria and um, especially those Christians that are uh, just in the path of ISIS uh, essentially trying to resurge in the area and Turkey coming in and just blanketing uh, the area of attacking Christians. So pray for that. You can, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can call the White House and um, leave messages asking Donald Trump to reverse his uh, decision for this. Highly unlikely. We all we're all seeing that 
Trump isn't listening to his own advisors on this. He's This is just a decision that he's made because it was a campaign promise, and he's not backing down on this. So, um, again, this is one of those things where this is what we got. This is the president we have to deal with. Um, should have... It should have gone differently in the primaries, but there's no use crying over spilt Ted Cruz. So, um, you know, this is this is the president that we have. Take it or leave it. And there are tons of people that are still the the Trump cult is is strong, and they're defending this decision. This is a bad policy decision. This is a, just a bad decision all the way around. Um, but yet there are those that are out there that are not going to. Trump can do no wrong. He is, you know, and the people bowed and prayed to the neon God they made. And so they're going to go down with Trump in this no matter what. So pray again that God will turn the heart of, of, you know, the scripture says he turns the hearts of kings. We'll pray that he turns the heart of this president um, and will maintain a a presence there to uh, protect um, the Kurdish people and the Curtis Christians, um, which is what I would be praying for in the area. So there's that. And then there's a reason why um, we really have to, I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but get out and vote for Donald Trump in this next uh, election in 2020. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I don't like the man's character. I don't like the man's morality. Uh, I'm not a fan of all of his policy choices. I'm not a fan of any of his SCOTUS picks um, that we were supposed to get these great conservative uh, justices on the Supreme Court, which we have not seen yet. Um, Potentially more opportunity for that coming up. We'll see. Until I see Mike uh, Trump put someone like a Mike Lee on or Mike's brother, I want to say his name is Thomas. Either one of those guys, even though they're Mormon, I would be happy to see them on the Supreme Court because at least I know um, these guys are absolutely pro-life. Um, I've not seen a whole lot of anything that makes me doubt their um, desire to actually be um, honest and upright, right? So, um, but. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, I kind of rabbit trailed there. Uh, Just in the equality town hall that was had two days ago, which I have not seen nearly enough of, and I don't really want to watch all of it, but for you, I'll take that bullet and and sit down and watch the majority of these, not just the sound bites that we've got. I mean, those are the really important ones, but the one that, that came out of Beto was the question, would you take away the tax-exempt status of churches that uh, are opposed to same-sex marriage? And point blank, bottom line, he said yes. So again, when the question came up years ago, when uh, before Obersfeld and all these other things were passed and, and so on, the question was always asked, how is same-sex marriage going to affect you? You know, you Christians are so opposed to this how is same-sex marriage going to affect you if churches start losing their uh tax-exempt status how do you think it's affecting us and this is i this i guarantee you this is exactly what the uh the gay agenda was was pushing for 
they're they're pushing for the dissolution of churches and religion they don't care about marriage they're among the least monogamous groups that are out there um so it's not that they're interested in marriage they're interested in taking away from the church and decimating the the church's ability to speak freely and so on and so this is what we're getting and Beto is a uh, prime example of uh, just the ridiculous of that ridiculous policy statements that would be made now I don't know if he'd really go through with it but this is a campaign promise that he's making that he would take away the tax exempt status of any churches um, who oppose same-sex marriage Let's just go ahead and shred the First Amendment now, because this is essentially what they're what he wants to do and what they're planning to do. So that all being said, it's really a good idea to get out and vote for Donald Trump um, in this next election, um, because unless somebody comes along that is is going to be a. Uh, formative opponent in a primary. Excuse me. Um, Trump's the guy that we're we're gonna have to rally our, our our troops behind, and hope that in a second term he actually becomes more uh, conservative than he's actually been, which is highly doubtful. You know, once he's in that second term and he does, he's not worried about a base, I, I predict, and I've been wrong in the past, but I predict he will do what I predicted he would do before, is fall right back into his Democrat roots. He's going to give in to the uh, requests of Javanka and so on and fall right back into those Democrat roots. That's my prediction. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm seeing and that's... That's kind of what I see that Donald Trump, who he is and how he acts. So, I mean, again, all the stuff that was said that he's a take no nonsense, doesn't take no guff from anybody, you know, says it like it is, and then acts on Twitter like a high school bully. Literally, I mean, all he does is call people names and people are rallying behind him. Woohoo, Trump. Okay, he's acting like a nine year old. I just don't get it. I don't get how name calling and even I'll call out my 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 brothers over at Cross Politic. I understand that the 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 thing is is there's there's a place for sarcasm, and I, I firmly believe that that biblically we're not you know that's that's something that happens in the Bible and that's something that we can do. But I just don't see the the benefit in calling people names. Redline Bernie, Kami Harris, all the other names that come out. I just don't, I don't see the benefit in it. I think it's childish. I think it's immature. Um, would I say they have to stop? Well, no, that's, it's their podcast. They can do what they want, but I won't do it. I, again, I think it's childish and to watch the president do it on Twitter and in live uh, events. It's to me, it's unbecoming of a president. And I don't think he has enough good policies behind him to make me ignore something like that. So, uh, again, but the bottom line is we can't have these guys in. 
to bring any of the Democrats on that side would be horrible for this nation, especially for freedom of religion, uh, gun rights, all those things that, that we as conservatives hold tight onto in extreme danger. And I know they're not going to be able to, we're not going to have a convention of states or get enough people enough to, to ratify uh, any kind of amendment to the Constitution that would take away our religious freedom or freedom of religion and uh, right to bear arms. We're not going to lose that, but they're going to try, you know, and they're going to regulate to the point that it might as well be gone. So there's that. Beto is, is leading the pack on, on the Democrat attacks on the church. So we need to watch this dude. Uh, be very wary of this dude and if that means to prevent this guy or Elizabeth Warren or any of these other socialist slash uh, gun uh, confiscators um, or uh, religious liberty deniers uh, if it means keeping them out of the office we may have to rally behind the other guy that we really don't like, but we like a little bit more slightly than the other ones. So that being said, uh, yeah, pray for our president, pray for God to be sovereign and pray that we do not end up with a Democrat president. Um, last thing I want to talk about is this came up, um, at Tatiana Jefferson, Black woman in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, shot in her home by a police officer. So, again, as I look at the the facts that we have so far, and again, I'm always the guy that says sit back and wait for the facts. Sit back and, and wait for all the information to come out. We don't. I don't just jump on and go, this was a racist shooting. I don't just jump on and say this was, you know... The, we have to defend the cops and, and so on. I mean, I, I am generally one who supports my local police department. I try to do what I can um, to support them because these are most, the majority of the people who put on that uniform are there to protect and serve. They're going out into our communities to take care of us, to keep us safe. Obviously, there are some bad apples, whether they're and, and again, from what I can tell, the body footage has been released. I don't know if that officer who shot her could see really who she was, if she was black or white or whatever. So I don't think it was racially motivated, but it was horrible, uh, either really bad training or horrible execution of sufficient or good training. I don't know that I don't know what it is, and I'm, I'm hoping that it will come out in the next you know, month or so as investigations happen, that the truth will come out. But this woman did not have to die. There it should not have died. These police officers did not announce themselves. So here's the story. Neighbor sees in late in the morning, one o'clock, something like that. Front door is open to a Tatiana's house. Um, he is, and, and apparently there's some lights on. He is concerned. So he calls a non-emergency police dis dispatch to ask them to send someone out for a welfare check. This was not treated in any way as a welfare check. This was treated as a burglary or something to that effect. 
Never did these police officers, as far as I can see in the footage, knock on a door, announce themselves as police. Ma'am, are you okay? Ma'am, is everything all right? May we come in? May we check on this? It was walk past the front door, walk around towards the back, into the backyard, then around to a window. She hears people in her backyard. I mean, this is so similar to to the Botham Jean uh, situation where cop goes into the wrong apartment she thinks she's in her apartment which i can't imagine how and upon opening the door she would not go wow this is the wrong place but here this guy comes back into the backyard she goes to investigate what she thinks may be a prowler in her backyard officer says once uh put your hands up and then fires within seconds does not give an opportunity to answer does not do anything now had she had a gun still should not have been because she's in her own home she thinks obviously thinks that there are prowlers outside somebody's in her backyard that has not announced themselves in any way shape or form she had the right to take a gun to the window with her because had it not been a police officer she may have been in trouble as it was she was in trouble because this cop either was not trained well or poorly executed the the proper training because i mean i'm not a cop and i don't know but i can't imagine that the training is when you're responding to a health and welfare call that you go to the back window and then shoot someone through the window a split second after you've said Put your hands up. Show me your hands. She's behind blinds. I mean, it just, and and again, but yet as I look at it, I can't say that it was racially motivated. I don't see anything in that body cam footage. Now, more evidence may come out over the next few days, and we may find out that it absolutely was racially motivated. And then at that point, I will come back with, this is wrong. I mean, there are certain things we absolutely know are wrong. And the way that this was executed on the part of the police officer, I think was absolutely wrong. But I don't think it elevated all the way to to racially motivated. But that's just my opinion. Um, I could be wrong. And I hope I'm not. But if it, it comes to the point that it shows that this cop was a racist and he, he shot her essentially because she was black and he made a false assumption about that, then absolutely um, the book should get thrown at him. And what I write, obviously, even now, this guy should lose his job and go to jail. Should go to jail much farther if it's proven to be racially or much longer if it's proven to be racially motivated. But still, he should go to jail. And I honestly think he, I hope he gets more time than Amber Geiger did. I mean, we, we looked at the fact of all oh, the forgiveness that happened in that. And the, the judge hugs the woman and gives her a Bible. And, and both of his brothers, Brant, forgives her from the stand and all this stuff. And yeah, we, we celebrate that. This guy showed the gospel when he forgave her. But she should have got much, much more along the lines of uh, punishment in that. I think she should have gone to jail for a whole lot longer. But I'm not the jury who made that decision. Again, obviously, I wasn't in that courtroom. But when it comes down for the time that this woman's killer to stand trial, and he better, 
He has to. There's no reason that I can see at all in the body cam footage. Maybe more information comes out later. But from the information that we have right now, this guy acted wrongly. Um, at best, it's manslaughter. At worst, it's murder. And he should go to jail for a long, long time. Longer than the 10 years that was given to her. I mean, this woman was doing nothing but playing video games in her home with her nephew. You know, I mean, I'm surrounded by nieces and nephews today and friends at my daughter's birthday party. And I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine being shot down and killed. But I can't imagine the trauma that they would have to go through if for whatever reason a cop is in my backyard and decides to shoot without shoot first, ask questions later, and gun me down in front of my nieces and nephews. Pray for that young boy. I mean, literally watched his auntie get shot down. Pray for her family. Pray for pray for the police officer. I mean, we pray for all these people. But we, we should be praying for justice to be served. I don't think... And again, I'm not talking... Spiritual justice. I'm not. I'm, I mean, we can talk forgiveness. We can talk all that. I'm talking earthly judicial punishment that should come because we are a nation of laws. That and, and this is the way our laws. I mean, ultimately, I would love to see the death penalty come back across the board and so on. And then when appropriate, and I'm not saying this is absolutely appropriate, but those people should be executed. Whether they're a cop, whether they're a criminal, whatever it is, we need to have stronger laws and punish. We have to have stronger punishment. We actually have to have judges that will enforce the laws and execute the judgment that, that has been given to them to execute. They, the government has been given the right to wield the sword and punish criminals. We need to see more of that in this country. Because we don't see enough. We see minimal terms and stuff like that. And uh, and that's just, it's not right. So we need to be praying for this situation. And again, we need to just kind of step back and wait. We don't want to politicize it immediately. This is not something that should be used as a political pawn for anything. What this should be, at least not now. Give time for people to grieve and people to, to mourn. Somebody just lost a daughter. I don't know if her mom is still alive. But if it is, her mama wants to be able to mourn the loss of her daughter. Not watch this become some kind of political uh, pawn in a, in a crooked chess game. Or in a 4D chess game. You name however you want to define it. But we need to pray for this lady. We, her family. Um, and pray that justice is served in this case. And that's all we can really do. And then hopefully that this police officer, just like Amber Geiger, will receive some forgiveness, will receive uh, the message of the gospel, and will have an opportunity to repent of his sins, to turn to Christ and be saved. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. And also there, there, there's nothing that contradicts each other or counteracts the other by wanting forgiveness and the gospel to be preached and a, and a soul to be saved and wanting 
appropriate and adequate uh, punishment for crimes. Those two things should go hand in hand. But we, we see far too often that it doesn't. And that's something we need to pray about. We need to pray about for our country that we can see these situations changed. I mean, if, if we could, if we, if we see a police officer getting the maximum sentence for murdering somebody that he did not need, you know, Philandro Castillo and, and so on. If we can see these officers getting the, the punished to the extent of the law that can happen, maybe some other officers, because if, whether it's just bad training or really bad apples, at least seeing that and knowing that they're not going to be behind, be able to hide behind a shield, that maybe some of these bad behaviors and bad cops will be weeded out or at least think twice before they do something like uh, shoot first, ask questions later. So, yeah, so there you go. I, I just probably pissed everybody off. I, all the, the cop supporters are mad at me now because I'm not, you know, gung-ho behind well the cop was felt threatened i can't imagine how he felt threatened behind stand he could have stepped back he could have found some cover he could have any number of things he could have announced himself as an officer simple as that he could have announced himself as an officer and and maybe a tatiana would still be alive But all we can do is step back and hope that these things begin to change and pray for everybody involved. Uh, pray that the officer gets saved while he's in prison and serves out his prison term. And again, I, I just, the, the heaviest burden I have is for that little boy that watched his auntie get shot down. Pray for him. Pray for the peace of the Lord to fall on him and, and to direct his path that he wouldn't just be angry and hurt and traumatized by this, but that God would use that to, to make something glorifying. And how we do that is we go out and we share the gospel with people. We watch the gospel go further and further. And in that, you know, as we tell people and they tell people and they tell people, we can see this gospel spread and hopefully It'll get to a Tatiana Jefferson's nephew, and he'll hear it, and he'll be saved. Um, her family and the police officer that killed her. We pray for all those people to be born again, to repent, put their faith in Jesus Christ. And again, how we do that is we, we preach the gospel at all times. We use words because they're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.